Welcome back to the How to Play Quidditch podcast. I'm your host, Alejo Enriquez. I'm very excited to be recording an episode today on snitching. I think it's uh, pretty well overdue. I've actually got double-digit episodes, and yet I'm only now getting around to it. But uh, it's been on my wish list this whole time, but I've just been looking for someone who's willing to sit down and talk with me about snitching. So a quick overview um, for anyone who's listening who isn't clear on how the snitch works. The snitch is a neutral position, uh, an athlete, but sort of uh, not on either team, like a referee. Normally what the snitch does is they wear yellow, uh, and they have yellow shorts, and there's a snitch tail, which is a uh, tennis ball in a, uh, in a sock, usually Velcroed to the shorts. And the snitch is um, the snitch runner's job. That's the position. The person is the snitch runner. Their job is to prevent either seeker from either team from pulling the snitch. Now, in the traditional Quidditch rules uh, that we've been playing for years, and which is still the case in U.S. Quidditch and in mostly in IQA, I believe, the snitch is worth 30 points. And when you pull the snitch, it ends the game. If your team was down 30 when you pull the snitch, you go to overtime and the snitch is live for the the um for overtime. If you're down thirty and you pull again in overtime, you go to double overtime where first goal wins. So it is possible to pull the snitch technically up to three times in a game. Um if you're if that exact sequence happens. But normally what you see with the snitch is that one team, either the teams are very close and then one team will pull to win. Uh, or often the teams are are well out of range. One team is up by more than 30, and only one seeker is trying to pull the snitch at that point. Um, Major League Quidditch um, recently has uh, instituted a rule set to try and combat that problem, where rather than ending the game, the snitch simply adds a large bonus to the team that pulls it, but it doesn't end the game. Although, uh, if you're within uh, 40 points of the set score when you pull the snitch, then you win because the snitch is worth uh, 40 points or 45 points, I think, believe it is. Um, so there are, and there have been other versions of the snitch in, uh, for example, there's occasionally been debates about having the, each team field a snitch for the other seeker to, to try and pull. So there's, uh, all kinds of interesting, uh, wrinkles to, uh, people have been changing how the snitch works, uh, here and there. Uh, it's still, it's still taking its shape, I would say. But, the rules for the snitch in runner are basically always the same. The snitch is live so long as only their hands or feet are touching the floor. If their if their knee goes to the ground or if they fall down and uh, their butt touches the ground or anything like that, the snitch is down and then can't be. They're not legal to be pulled. They're not viable to be pulled until they uh, they stand back up, and the ref counts to three. Um, in all the rules that are normally played in real Quidditch, uh, only the seeker can pull the snitch. You'll occasionally see rule suggestions where uh, the seeker can get changed out for a chaser, or that uh, you could have um, uh, you could have a, a cheater position that could also catch it. Sometimes you'll see when teams play like a four on four, they'll have one of their chasers switch to uh, be able to also um, seek at the same time. So. There's all kinds of different wrinkles, but generally what we're looking at is the snitch runner is someone who's going to need some combination of size or, spe- or speed or both to, and, and usually strength, physicality, which just comes up often, to prevent the seekers from pulling the snitch. And notice that the snitch runner does not have to have a broom. They're, they're an official, they're an athlete, they're not a, a player, so they don't have a broom. So I'm very excited to run this interview, but but before I start this interview, I want to make a, a note that this podcast was recorded uh, a few weeks before it was published, 
It was actually recorded just a few days before the death of George Floyd was publicized and the resulting protests uh, swept the nation immediately after that. My goal for these podcasts is always that they're evergreen and that they're universally applicable always to Quidditch. So I try not to reference any current events uh, unless uh, it's something that's obviously world-changing like my uh, COVID-19 podcast, of course. But this is also a world-changing event because the Quidditch community is now grappling with the fact that many of the members of the, of the Quidditch community who are of, of people of color and especially black people are not uh not are speaking out because they're not feeling that they are valued members of this community. So I want to be clear, um, and this is my personal opinion, that black lives matter and black Quidditch players matter, black members of the Quidditch community matter. And I hope that's the case for everyone who's listening to this. So if this is the case, if you do feel that black people matter, black lives matter and black players matter, please take the time every so often when you get the chance to if you have any black teammates, referees, or opponents in the Quidditch community, just take a minute to tell them they matter and be sure to treat them like they matter. Question yourself, am I really treating them like they matter? Because they do. It's just, and I'm very honored and humbled to have a black athlete, a black member of the Quidditch community, uh, join me for this podcast. We don't end up having any discussions about um, about uh, race and the Black Lives Matter movement. I would leave that to uh, the far superior works that have been put out. For example, I believe it's uh, Hoopside. Uh, I put out some excellent uh, podcast about that. Um, so please look that up for, to, to educate yourself further. For this, this is just about snitching. Um, I have the luxury of being able to focus on that for this interview. So that's what we're talking. So um, happy to introduce my guest. He started off at Sam Houston State University, and he played with for them for three years. He's played for two years with the Houston Cosmos, and he has now made himself made a name for himself snitching in the Southwest region, and he is the 2019 the 2020 Southwest Region Snitch of the Year. He is Trey Riles. Hey, Trey, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right, so uh, I like to get to know my guests a little bit, and I let the audience get to know the guests a little bit. Um, so I have a couple questions for you first relating to uh, your your time in Quidditch. So first question for you is, uh, what is a moment of personal triumph for you in, uh, in Quidditch? Oh, uh... A moment of personal triumph. I probably would say, uh, I think nationals. I think twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen when I made the Quidditch Snapchat. Uh huh. Um, it was it was actually pretty exciting because I didn't even know I did until I had about I know it was about eight nine friends on Snapchat was like Trey Trey Trey. I was like <laughs> what? And they were sending me like screenshots of me making it. And I was like, wow, because i that's when I was first getting into, well, not first getting into snitching, but that was when I first kind of gotten better at it, I guess, and made it to Nationals that year. And yeah, uh, yeah it was pretty cool for a, a lot of people to cheer me on. So that's I think that was my personal, my favorite. That's, that's awesome. Was that, um, that. was that one of the years where it was in Texas? 
Oh, uh, was that the Nationals here in Texas? I think so. Yeah, Round Rock. Uh, I think so. Yes, I think so. Yeah, because it was in like Florida and like South Carolina a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and then it was in Texas back to back years. And I think I think I might remember seeing that, seeing that you were on, you were like, uh, you know, ripping it up at Nationals and everyone was all getting hype. So thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I've, I've gotten a front row seat to watching you snitch a bunch of times and it's definitely fun. <laughs> Thanks especially to Tiger TV. For some of oh, us. yeah, shout out to Tiger TV. It, I always say if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be as good as I am or be as, as popular as I am. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that, man. All right, so uh, next question. Uh, what is the most epic Quidditch moment that you ever bore witness to that you weren't directly involved in, but you were watching or something and, and you saw something amazing? Oh, that's a good one. Um, That's a good one. Because I, I like to watch a lot of Quidditch. Um, probably one of the best moments is when, because I'm from Texas, is when uh, when they had uh, the college and the community together. So it didn't matter yeah. pretty much who made it to the top two. It was probably when, I think it was like Cavalry. Am uh-huh. I mistaken? Texas State or... or uh, not um mm. it was uh yeah texas state and cavalry played in the finals the last year of of mixed yes and that was when i because i was playing quidditch but i wasn't into like didn't really know other teams as much until that year when i'm like man because out of all the teams in the in the u.s <laughs> two top teams is from texas yeah and so that's when i was kind of like texas is is a bad team is a, you know, we have some really good teams coming out of Texas. So I think that's probably the board, like the only time when I'm like, man, I don't care who wins. It's just that out of all the teams, a, a team from Texas is going. <laughs> yeah. To win, that's a, much. that's a great, that's a great point. That's um, I think that was definitely the last year before they did the, the college community split. And yeah, yeah that was, well, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that game from your perspective that that was amazing that it was those two the top two teams period were were both Texas teams a lot of people hated that game because that was the the peak of the slow ball era yes um, where where Stephen V Hill walked around with a quaffle for 8 minutes while the beaters and seekers were just going bananas the whole time yes <laughs> um younger listeners who don't know what I'm talking about can go look it up on YouTube <laughs> Uh, all right that's a good that's a good one it's a good answer right there all right so uh third third question for you uh on a bit of a different direction but who is someone in the quidditch community that you look up to Hmm, someone i looked up to uh um one of i think you probably get that a lot one of most people is uh um augie just because Mm. on just his success in the quidditch world um mm-hmm. another person for sure for me was uh dylan freeman not only because he was a teammate but also because when i first got into snitching um i looked up a lot of videos on youtube just to help me out and a lot of stuff that i and i'm gonna say a lot i stole a lot of things from dylan freeman in the snitching part just from how he sticks his butt out how low he gets 
mm-hmm. I took all that from him pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who I look up to. That's great. That's 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 a great answer right there. <laughs> so speaking of uh, Dylan Freeman and snitching, that's a great segue to today's subject, which is snitching and how to snitch, which um, is probably not the first resource on the internet, but I hope to get into get into some good detail and uh, you know get your perspective. So I was wondering if you could start out by talking a little bit about your journey to becoming a snitch because i think some people who are famous for snitching have been doing it for for forever but uh you only really got into it in the last few years so talk yeah. a little bit about your snitching journey um yeah i think i've been snitching for about three four years if i'm not mistaken uh mm-hmm. I, I did it as a joke not to snitching but it's like you know it's like oh let's See how I could do since I've seen so many people do it, and uh, when I first did it, I was bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think I first did it at um, what what was that SFA when they had a tournament there? Oh, the uh, hat tournament, right? The their their fantasy tournament hat tournament. Yes, yes, that was like my first time, and I don't I didn't do good at all. I don't think so. But after that, I started because I was like I kind of like this, so I really like. I really YouTube uh, looked it up just on uh, Tad Walters, Dylan Freeman, mm-hmm. uh, just other people from other regions too. Cause I just want to kind of see how, especially if you're really good, how, what is your go-to? Um, I came to like, for instance, Dylan Freeman, cause how big he is, he's much bigger and stronger. Uh, so one thing, you know, yeah. I can't always use, you know, like, cause a lot of seekers, are taller than me, you know, and uh, bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, Josh Andrews, oh my God, that's yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> he's huge. Yes, but from there, uh, I just started practicing. Even when I played for uh, Houston Cosmos, uh, I would practice snitching there against uh, our seekers, and it, and from there, I know I I gotten a lot better just from practicing, just practicing, practicing on snitching, mm-hmm. uh, but. Yeah. As I gotten better in it, that's when I felt more comfortable. Because at first I was practicing, but I wouldn't do tournaments. I would just do uh, little mm-hmm. fantasy tournaments until yeah. I felt better about it. And that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, there's no substitute for a, a tournament, but it definitely is is good to build your build yourself up to it. I definitely understand that. And just and it and you're saying one of the same things that Matt Blair. Um, said when he because he did a podcast all about seeking and he said the same thing that it was at practice to just practice the seeking and the snitching mm-hmm. is good practice for both sides for both the seeker and the snitch can just get better over time yes 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 i like yeah. to what's that no i was saying uh i was agreeing yeah um iron sharpens iron right something like that <laughs> yes sir <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so when you were first starting out, what were a few of the basic things that helped you to get better right away? Like, like, um, you know, if you could go back in time and just, you know, smooth out that first few months or first year of learning, what what were the basics that getting better at made a big difference for you? Uh, one was, um, my stance. 
Um, when I first did it, I was just standing straight up and whatever and going. And I realized, uh, as, as I got lower, um, almost like a wrestling stance, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I look mm -hmm. at it from, cause I played football. So one of the things is I used to get lower, have my hands out. Um, and two yeah. with me, I'm sometimes on, if you pay, if someone pay attention, sometimes on my tippy toes a little bit, because I, as I push forward all my strength, I can push a stronger person back off their momentum. Um, so one thing I did, I realized getting low and then kind of sticking my butt out. So no matter how big you are, even if you get a, your arm around my waist, my butt is kind of stuck out. You have to extend mm, yeah. almost in a way you have to dive. So if you dive nine times out of 10, I will hurt the spin on you and push you with me there, <laughs> which can kind of be dangerous, but you know, that's just a part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I seem to remember, I think it was, what's his name? David Fox from the Northeast. He had that move where he would just basically jump over the snitch and he tried to do that on you and you just tossed him and he like got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And people were mad at you. I was, I was, <laughs> I think I was just in refing that game. I think that's why I remember that, that people were mad at you, but you were defending yourself quite accurately. I think that you, that was, he initiated that, that dangerous movement. Yes, that's also in the in the rule book, and I and uh, that's why I was telling people on the side. I was like, "Well, um, that's a dangerous movement." And in the rule book, it says the snitch is able to defend his, himself. I said because even if he would have succeeded, he would have dropped down on top of my head, or you know, our heads could have hit each other with all the all that going on. I'm going mm -hmm. to protect myself. Yeah. So I pushed him out the way in that moment, uh, and like I said, I wasn't trying to hurt him and. And, but I'm not trying to get hurt myself either. And yeah, sometimes when you're in certain situations like that, you have to hurt to protect yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and snitching and seeking are both very physical, somewhat dangerous pursuits. Making the ground, especially for a seeker, making the ground your friend that you know how to fall is important. <laughs> yeah. But for a snitch as well. Yes. Yeah, I try. Uh, I try not to go to the ground. It's. Two, I, I don't want, because some people will be like, oh, he did that on purpose, you know, or something like that. And I, I try not to just because there's been times where there are seekers who try to go underneath my legs and I'm trying to, you know, watch out for them. And I don't want to step on their head, so I might fall to the ground to keep from, step, you know, from hurting them. Uh and yeah. also hurting myself because mm -hmm. I always tell people, you know, when you're going so fast and so much so much momentum going here and there, you know, sometimes the wrong move, you can crack your ankle, uh, mm -hmm. you know, fall weirdly. Because I know how to fall, but there's some people, too, who like seekers who never played before or never played against a snitch like me. Yeah, I am pretty aggressive. I will give that. I am pretty aggressive at snitching. <laughs> But some people are used to just being push, 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 and I'm just like, mm, you're going to with me. You're going to hit the ground at least two or three times. <laughs> so just be aware. I tell, I tell different seekers I never snitch against. I was like, look, I'm gonna let you know, and I do. I whispered it to him. I said, I'm gonna let you know, I'm going for that broom. So <laughs> it's gonna be a long day. <laughs> oh no! How many brooms have you broken? Would you hazard a guess? I know at uh, regionals, I know at least, uh, I'm going to say nine. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, 
I remember because the, the their brooms at regional wasn't as hard as the the brooms we usually do. Oh, really? And, uh, uh-huh. and so that second day of regionals, they actually got the real hard ones and was like, we want to use these for only seekers because of me. And <laughs> that second day, I think I bent like two or three of the hard ones. And that was like, oh, we can't use these because they're too bent. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, I've seen you break some brooms. Um, <laughs> some poor TSL brooms that didn't deserve that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, what do you talk a little bit about your technique when it comes to grabbing brooms? And I mean, I don't know if you're. I don't think you're trying to break them, but they do end up broken. But that is an important part of a, a snitch's toolbox potentially. So, talk a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, yeah, like most snitches would probably just do the push in or whatever i like to go for the broom because with me if i grab a broom i can extend you out so one of the things is if i have my hand on the broom i can feel where you're going opposed mm. to trying to guess or trying to uh trying to guess trying to see well he might be do this maybe do that well i can grab a broom and once i feel your minimum go that way i can hurt push you that way or hurt take the broom now, a lot of things with that is once you take the broom from underneath their legs, they're out until they go touch, touch their hoops. That yeah. will give me at least a good 10 to 12 seconds to catch my breath also. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I used that as, okay, because we're working, we're working. I'm going to catch my breath while they're running. Because that they're they're losing more energy running back and forth to touching the hoops too. That's true. That's definitely a good point. Would you say there's any particular tips you have for someone trying to learn how to make that grab? Uh, to my seeker wise? Uh, no, I'm talking about to the snitch who wants to grab a broom, wants to add uh, that to their game. Uh, I would tell them yes. Just be careful, careful because of the uh, the the. I cut my finger a lot with the caps on the broom. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We're grabbing up. Uh, also, you know, because now seekers try to use that against me where if I do grab a broom, they will scoop all the way up on the broom, which will make them a lot more closer to me in the body. So I would tell other snitches to watch that. I usually, once they do that, I hurry up. I'm quick enough to hurry up and go behind them. And now they have all this room on this broom where I could put my hand as far as I want because they scoot up to the edge of the other side of the broom already. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You um, basically like kind of turn them around and grab the back of the broom. Is what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's much easier too because if you just lift up from that end, nine times out of ten, they can't scoop back up if you lift the broom up all the way. They're just going to fall off on that side. <laughs> and make some highlight reels of Trey throwing snitches <laughs> or seekers. <laughs> Check out Tiger TV. You'll see a lot of highlight reels. <laughs> Definitely. But I would say another thing, um, one thing that's nice about Quidditch is that it's it's pretty inclusive. I think that it's not a, the kind of the opposite of basketball. No disrespect to basketball, of course, but basically the taller you are, the better. And I know yeah. there's a place for shorter, faster people, but the height really is exaggerated. But in Quidditch, being being many different body shapes are advantageous. But uh, talk a little bit about different kinds of snitches because basically your style you're very you're very you're i wouldn't say you're very tall but you're very strong you've got a kind of compact frame um Mm -hmm. but maybe if someone with a different body might still be interested in snitching talk a little bit about that yeah um i can't think of his name right now uh 
he plays for Cavalry. He snitches sometimes. Uh, his last name, uh, I can't think of it. I took a picture with him. Uh, but he's really good. He because he's quick. I would, it's going as I'm talking about. It, it's going to come to me. I know it will. But uh, he's pretty good. He's very quick. Uh, and that's what uh, that's why I like because so, there are a lot of snitches that's not as tall or as big, but they tire secrets out because of how quick and uh and the running style. Because a lot of a lot of seekers don't like to run after the the snitch. They kind of like to sit there and wrestle a little bit. Uh, and which I'm not a runner. I might run here and there, but if I, for instance, I only run when I feel like it's too cluttered. So it's like four beater beaters, two seekers. <laughs> you can't really cause the ball, because I've been in that situation where it's like four beaters around and got hit in the face with the ball. That yeah. hurts, especially when you're not, uh, when you're not looking for it or it just come out of nowhere. But, yeah. um, yeah. Marty. Oh, Marty. Oh, I don't know if I've seen him snitch yeah. recently. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He, he snitched a couple of times I've seen him. Uh, but yeah, so him, he he's a, I feel like he's a really good uh, snitch. Just just because he has the people on their toes, he kind of runs. Uh, but I haven't really seen as many. I've seen a lot of other shorter snitches, and they kind of do the same thing. Where run, I say, hey, use your, your best asset to your advantage, because a lot of secrets is not going to run after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't know if I'd seen Marty snitch before, but that's cool. Yeah, I would say that I'm I'm not really a runner myself, but when someone kind of builds up steam coming at me, because I'm not that big, but I, my feet are kind of quick, so I kind of like mm-hmm. kind of turn to let them kind of go past me. You know, like that old bullfighter. Yes. Like the old <laughs> yes. La matador, ole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So good, good turn feet, that. and I get that from karate. That's why at SFA oh, nice. used to call me karate snitch because yeah, it was just a lot of not that I had to run in a straight line very fast. I just had to use my feet and turn my body, uh, mm. and you know, uh, I'm I'm too old to be a great snitch now, but it was it was a lot of fun to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've even seen, I've seen some, uh, some women snitch pretty well. And I, I would say maybe they also use their feet usually pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. was, what was her name at TSL? There was, uh, I think Maria, maybe she snitches for MLQ also. Oh, seen her. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen her. Yeah. She's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I snitched once at nationals though, and I got in on some games that where the seekers were just so fast, like mm-hmm. I just wasn't ready. Like I mean, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. They just pulled me right away. Luckily, the game was really out of reach, so it was like a kind of a merciful. But I still felt kind of bad. You ever get that feeling where like you get pulled really quick, and like oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> talk a little bit about that because I think that's also part of the the journey of snitching is learning to. Learning to learning to t- get pulled in five seconds with a little bit of grace, maybe. Oh yeah, uh, there's videos. Uh, Tiger got those. We were talking about that the other night. But I I say I used to feel bad. I'm like man, but then again, you know, sometimes some of those catches are the is some great catches. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. one specifically. Jay, 
he caught literally when he came out probably we was probably 10 seconds 12 seconds in and he caught yeah. me but it was just the diving catch where literally i had my whole body turned but because the way he dived and had his whole arm extending extended uh pretty much and he had it up my back so as he was going down his hand was going right down and it oh. just got it and i tell people because i've seen other other snitches get mad and they try to call it back, you know, only because of their pride. And I'm just like, hey, sometimes some catches you can't, you just, it's just there. And I always say it's all about timing because, you know, if if a snitch make one wrong turn or wrong left, one wrong, just one second late can make a big difference. Yeah. And I think that first, that very first, uh, clash where their seekers putting their best move out there if you've never seen that best move before that's probably the most dangerous moment for the snitch too yes yes i mean the first the the single toughest moment if you can make it through that you basically it's just a matter of when whenever you wear down would you say there's any exercises that would make someone who wants to snitch better at it uh some of the exercises i do uh oh i don't i don't really know the name but I'm going to say it, uh, it's almost like a football thing where I would uh, go side to side uh, with my hands out and my butt, like oh, okay. my stance, and just kind of go side to side, left, right, just side to side. Like a lateral shuffle? Yes. Like your knees bent? Yes, mm, yes. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Another exercise, um, there's a, a couple of them I would do, I do uh, Will be more of, uh, for instance, you get in your stance and you have someone with a tennis ball throw it left and right. So you got to go grab it and then her, drop that one, her, run to the right and grab that one, her, left. Because that right there, and I use that to kind of anticipate somebody move. So with that, it's, mm. I'm learning to work on my moves or whatever. So for instance, if someone, a seeker in front of me, they do a certain move, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm, yeah. I'm staying in my stance too. Uh, the only way I'm probably getting out of my stance is once you make a move. Hmm. And I like to kind of, yes, I like to kind of too shuffle my feet to see what a seeker going to do. Cause nine times out of 10, he will, for instance, if I shuffle my feet one way, they might go left. I do it again. They go left. Nine times out of 10, they're going to go left again. <laughs> now, if they go right, I'm ready for it. But mm -hmm. that's a good point. When when uh, I remember when I was first trying to be a better snitch, and asked someone, they just told me just do more push-ups. <laughs> that upper body strength might help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upper body strength does help a lot. Uh, that that's one thing that I always do. Uh, I make sure I try to keep my strength up and my cardio. Mm, yeah, cardio because there's a lot of people be like, oh, you want to last for this amount of minutes? I was like, yeah, but when you go on to get, could I say this? When you're going against two teams, they, they're seekers. You're going against at least six seekers because they're going out, catching their breath, and bringing in another seeker. Yeah. And then not time those seekers going out and going against. So if you have three seekers on each team, that's six seekers, that's six different people. You might have two really strong, two really fast, you know, and they'll, you switch, they're switching it up, and you out there, you're not getting no break. Yeah. So you got to have a really you you have to be really good uh, cardio wise and just you know that's why I say that's why I tell people too that I breathe a certain way too uh, with me because I have a heart murmur. Oh really? So well, dang. Yeah, so uh, I was 
<laughs> I was diagnosed in high school when I played football. Um, they said they told me I had an enlarged heart. If I get too tired, uh, my heart can skip a beat. Wow. So I have learned ways to uh, control my breathing. And, you know, like some people, they see me play, they will never know, you know, like what? It's like, well, (laughs) you know, because I know how to control my breathing. And uh, from there, I just go from there. But like I said, you have to be very good when you're dealing with three and four seekers at a time. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Talk a little bit about your, I'm curious, talk to me a little bit about your breathing, what you do, because I think some people underestimate that. They think, oh, breathing is breathing. We've all been doing it our whole lives. But I think there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's better and worse ways to breathe, especially when you're in the middle of some athletic pursuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my breathing, uh, I just, uh, for instance, I don't huff and puff. Can you huff and puff? I feel like I get well, from me, from my standpoint, I get super tired. But once I get a break, that's why, I, for instance, if once I get broom for both the seekers, first thing I do is put my hands over my head. Mm-hmm. Put my hands over my head. I might put my hands to the back of my back to uh, and open my uh, my chest up yeah. to get more air. Um, another thing, too, uh, I don't do unnecessary stuff to lose energy. For instance, I've seen some snitches would go out and start doing push-ups in the middle of the field. And it's like, really? (laughs) You know, stuff like that. You know, it's like, oh, that's cool and all. But, you know, I have seen secrets get mad. Like, bro, you know, you you just tiring yourself out. Like, you so-called trying to show you got all the energy in the world, but the energy will eventually have to go out. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) That's funny. I think I've seen that before. I think, what was his name? I forget his last name. Nick something. And Joey. It's some fantasy tournament years ago. Just went out and started doing push-ups in the middle of the field while waiting for the seekers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> I like, okay. all right, well. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I think they were like doing a push-up <laughs> contest, like whoever could do more. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, if you've got yeah. that kind of energy, I guess. <laughs> I wish I wish I played Quidditch when I was young and had that kind of energy, but uh, it didn't exist yet because I'm that old. <laughs> I just went and got a black belt in karate instead, like a different kind of maniac. Hey, that's well, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it, some of it transfers. Some of it transfers. Not all of it. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, this this is great. I feel uh, I feel educated. I feel um, I feel like I can and kind of hopefully the audience is feeling it too, kind of getting a better sense of it. Would you, uh, if someone came up to you and asked you if they should snitch, what would you say to them? And maybe who in your mind should be snitching or should give it a shot? Oh, just kind of open um... it up in a different direction. Like, yeah, like if you got 10 different rookies of all shapes and sizes and they all watch you snitch and they're all like, hey, we think we should try it. Now, I'm not saying you wouldn't encourage all of them because I think you're a good person. I think you would. But who in your mind do you think <laughs> should be going out? Because we need snitches. We need, swear to God, like True. 30, 35-year-old people like me shouldn't be snitching anymore. We need new ones. <laughs> See, me and Tiger was talking about, I, I think... That should be an incentive, for instance. So the basic of a snitch get pays eight bucks, right? 
uh, if you're certified. I feel yeah. with, yeah, I feel with the handicaps to push. Okay, we want really good snitches. Okay, well, you start off at eight bucks, but every handicap you get what a dollar or two added to that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so you make it to first. For instance, if you make it to first handicap, what nine bucks? You make it to second hand, handicap. 10 bucks, you make it to the last one, 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. So they give people the initiative, like, I want to make it to the last one to get to 12 bucks, opposed to, you know, because some people, when they don't have enough snitches, they get volunteers, and people do, do get mad where the volunteers get caught within, you know, two minutes in or a minute in. Yeah. Because they're not as experienced as a. a uh, as a certified snitch, so people because I have seen teams get mad like, well, we didn't want that snitch. It's like, well, <laughs> we got to give it students to make people want to become snitches. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> that's that's a good point. Nat, tournament directors listening to this out there, you know what to do. You don't have to pay the USQ minimum, <laughs> right? Yep. But even if you know, if I feel like if. A snitch does a certain number of games, and his time is like, you know, not saying we want a snitch to go for thirty minutes, forty minutes, because uh, I have gone past the third handicap, and that's that's so tiring. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, I get, I go past the third handicap for two, three games straight, and get twenty four bucks. Where this snitch only, you know, probably made it to the first handicaps out of the his three games, and he got twenty four bucks. It's kind of like. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> that's funny oh man did you ever hear the legend of when dylan freeman snitched at bottom of the bracket in the finals and like the two teams couldn't pull him and it went on for over an hour i heard i, heard. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the tournament that's that was funny. the first tournament victoria spartans played at but we got beat up so bad we didn't stick around to watch the finals because any team's oh, really? first tournament, yeah, everyone gets beat up real bad. <laughs> um, true, true. <laughs> yeah, in general, if you get beat up, that's normal, <laughs> especially if you're snitching. You collect any? Oh yeah. I know you mentioned the cuts on your hand. Did you ever pick up any other snitching injuries? Uh yeah. Uh, I think the biggest one. Uh, I don't know if you was there. I forgot what tournament was that was where, uh, as it was a seeker from UTSA, um. He was he was a pretty new seeker. Uh, he was running full speed at me, and uh, and I was like, hmm. So I kind of sidestepped him, but our yeah. head collided to a point where I had a big, oh. the biggest uh, thing on my head that I ever had before, and it oh, hurt man. it so bad. I couldn't. I had it was to a point where I tried to wear a hat, and the hat couldn't fit on top of my head because the bump was so big on top of my forehead. <laughs> Oh man, when was that? Oh, this wow. was this was this this past year. Uh well not this past year, this yeah, this year when I snitched at I don't remember that tournament. It was one of the last tournaments. One of the last so not, like, it was uh, a, Brooms on the Brazos or or Diamond Cup or well no Diamond I Cup was think, earlier. Alamo Cup. I think it was at Texas State. Oh, Diamond Cup then. Mm. Yes, yes. And <laughs> that was, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're and okay I, now. It's oh, scary. yeah. He was, 
he had to uh, cause his his side of his face. I think he started. He was bleeding, and they had to go fix okay. that for him. And I was kind of like, and they the the people they told me they didn't want me to snitch the rest of that game. Cause I was like, I'm good. It was like, no, that the way that looked, you probably need to go sit down. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> But, Probably good. <laughs> well, I'm but, going out a little out of order. I should have taken better notes, but I want to start. I missed a thought in my head earlier. Uh, talk a little bit about use, use the use of the hand. Speaking of, of hand injuries earlier, um, when you're a snitch, what what are you trying to do with your hands, your wrists, your elbows? Uh, oh. How is that? How 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 does that work? What uh, technique usually, you looking for? Usually, I might, one of my techniques is uh, I like to. I, like I said, I usually have my hands on the brooms, but if I don't have my hands on the brooms, I'm usually having them against someone's chest. So as they run towards me, I'm just pushing them back, pushing them back, because lots of seekers usually try to make a big move, you know, a big dive, a big jump, or just something, you know, like they're getting themselves ready or getting themselves in the position yeah. they want for once for like one person. I know I have to deal with everyone differently. TJ, for example, TJ wants a snitch to put his hands. I'm probably telling his secrets, but it's whatever uh i notice it i notice if you put your hands on his shoulders he will uh pop up off he will pop up your forearm so and i notice if you pop up all your momentum because you're pushing back you will go forward which get him he's quick enough to hurt go behind you and grab it while you're still leaning forward mm-hmm. so yeah uh yeah yeah, he I is know. very. He is so slippery. But I, yes. I, I'm, I, I bet money he would. He doesn't listen to my podcast, so uh, you're, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> but um, yeah. So with certain seekers, I it depends on how they play too. If I feel like they like to go left, I will keep my hand on their uh on their uh left shoulder to force them right, mm-hmm. because. Nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, their more dominant side will be their left if they like to go left. So I want to force you to go right, you know, put you, you know, and all the other people like shorter seekers. I like to put my hands on their shoulders because I like to push them down. So because they go low, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm just going to make you get lower. So I'm just going to push you down. So it, it depends on yeah. the seeker where I have my hand placement. But usually it will be their chest, their shoulders, and their brooms. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and I like what you said earlier about once you have the broom, and probably also if you have your hand on their shoulder, you can kind of feel their body movement because, and I mm-hmm. tell people that your sense of touch is actually quicker than your sense of vision. That's this huge True. area of the brain. The whole back third of the brain basically is dedicated to processing vision. Vision is easy to fool, but touch is more instinctive. And you, mm. when someone moves, you feel it in your hands that immediately, like, uh, you can you can respond to it quickly if That's you have true. your hand on. There's actually a, a martial art, a Chinese kung fu called Bagua Zhang. A big part of it is put your hand on your opponent, and then you don't even need to look at them. They, like, literally will, like, blindfold themselves and put their hands on their opponent, and then they say, hit me, and they can't because they can feel their body movement. Hmm. Which I think maybe has an application to snitching, especially because uh, one of the last things I think we should talk about is that field awareness, because that's something that new snitches often uh, aren't, aren't don't get to right away. Talk a little bit about how how you develop that and what that's like. Hmm, yeah, um, yeah. One thing, because I know, well, me before I started snitching, I played keeper, 
and chaser. And mm-hmm. with keeper, you have to have a really good feel of uh, awareness, just you know, to make the right pass or the right play. And uh, and two yeah. with me, I don't want to bring basketball in it, but for me playing basketball, uh, I had really court vision, really good court vision. And uh, so I think yes. that kind of transport trans goes into uh, me started snitching because I can literally look at the whole field and uh, for instance a seeker coming. You no, know, that's why I always tell people I like to stay to the either the left or the right side of the field where there's not much going on and you're facing towards everything. So a a seeker cannot come behind me if I'm on one side of the field. Mm-hmm. They have to come to me. Opposed to because I tried it out and I was in the middle of the field. I'm like, oh man, to the middle of the field, I could still see everything, but so much going on. Beater wise, keeper, chaser, you know, and you yeah. only got pitched into two seekers. And that's just, it can get confusing sometimes because of the fact that it's just so many people. I have trip over people's foot running backwards because mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at everything. So that's, I usually tell people they're snitching. And then if you look at most snitches too, there, there are some that stay on the field back and forth, but a lot of them stay on one side of the field. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. The, uh, if I, if I recall correctly, the, uh, the, the third handicap the now, the third handicap now is that, uh, you're not in the very dead center of the field. You're in, on, I think the far side from the, the penalty box, yeah, yeah, uh, but not on the edge of the field. You're like where where the far bludger goes, yeah. So, yeah, and that's a pretty good spot to be anyway, probably, especially because if the snitch steps out of bounds now, there this the snitch is automatically dead. It's as mm-hmm. if you went to the ground, and uh, the fewer of those you get, the better. Mm-hmm. True, true. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I don't know why. Just out of nowhere, you mentioned that the, all the chaos um, over the summer. Uh, you were snitching um, League City versus uh, the Curse, New Orleans Curse. Oh yeah. And I was a, I came in as a snitch ref, and this New Orleans Curse seeker had this golden headband that, to me, looked yellow enough. It was it was gold. It was yellow. It was fine. And like some people were complaining about it, but I kind of ignored it. But I think that you didn't notice that it was not a chaser headband. Well, it, it was uh, it was so thin because of and then because yeah, her, her it was also because it kind of blends in with her hair too, and yeah, she didn't necessarily have it over her forehead. It was into the hair. So I looked and I was kind of like, "That's a chaser," because I don't because the yellow it blended with her hair. I guess as she started running, the hair started came out the ponytail, whatever. But you know, and then when I look back again, she got. I was like, "Oh my god!" So I did say, "Hey, can we get like a not not necessarily a <laughs> yellow headband, but like a thicker one to show, you know, that it's yellow because that yellow headband literally looked like a like a uh, rubber band in her hair because yeah. I couldn't tell." <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I that that's on me. I was the one who was like, "Nah, that's clearly a seeker headband," but uh, I was wrong. And League City was upset with me, but they ended up winning by forty instead of by a hundred. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that, Cause, but uh, but yeah, field awareness is, um, and, and and I think the first time if. 
sometimes people snitch who haven't played very long and they just get totally overwhelmed and mm. like wow this is crazy but i think you make a good point you have you had already played for a while at sam houston before you started snitching so that probably helped a bit oh yeah yeah um, I actually, when I first started Quidditch, I actually tried the snitching right away, and and yeah, I got like it was okay when it was just in practice with as a seeker, but as soon as I was on the middle of the field, I was like, oh my god, so much stuff is happening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, so that's it's pretty. It, it can get pretty crazy. Um, can get pulled from behind is a thing that definitely happens to new, oh. new snitches. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it was one uh, at the last tournament before. Uh, it was, I think, Texas State versus Texas A&M. And oh, yeah. one of the seekers from Texas State, I had pushed down, but he fell awkwardly. And oh. I could tell he was in pain. Like, his face was, like, red. So I start waving my hands to the ref to stop the game. And the... Uh, Seeker from from Texas A and M came from behind and grabbed me. Oh, <laughs> and I was what like, you "Wait, for me, good person." Yeah, I was. I was like, "Wait, I'm trying to stop the game." They was like, "But technically, the rules are you're supposed to take a knee." And I was like, "Well, technically, too, in the rule book, a snitch is also a ref, basically, because for instance, yeah, yes. Yeah, so for instance." Two, as a snitch, if I see a beat, if my if my uh, snitch ref didn't call it, and if a ref didn't call it, if I see it, I can't call it. J- same way as if I see something else that happened in front of me, I can call it. But yeah, I was like, come on, it, that's one of those things where they said, well, it's like there's not a really a rule for it because, but for you to stop the game, you had to take a knee. So literally, the seeker from Texas A&M grabbed me. From behind and the game went to them yeah yeah i've seen that happen before yeah that's uh you're always on it's kind of like being a beater you you're always on when you're a snitch at any moment you know you gotta keep that awareness so that's mm-hmm. that's tough when an injury is involved and it shakes you kind of out of the moment yep hmm. <laughs> oh boy all right. Well, I feel like we've covered a lot of really good ground. Uh, do you have any uh, final words encouraging people to uh, to when they start their own snitching journey? Um, final words, don't give up. Uh, there are going to be people who's going to say you're not good or they don't think you're good. Uh, I have seen, I have heard a lot about me saying so I wasn't good, but hey, I made it. I'm, I'm 20, 20s snitch of the year for the southwest so <laughs> yep that's right hey, well earned, so too. that's that's what i feel uh so keep all i say is keep doing work keep getting better and if yeah, you need help love it message me call me uh you can follow me on instagram uh at trader snitch or facebook trey rouse like i'm the type of person i'm i don't care even if it, even if i'm not good enough or if you're way better than me, I don't mind making helping you get better. So it is. I just want to see the, the sport grow and players get better. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Well, I hope that when they listen to this podcast, maybe uh, this will contribute to that. That's my hope. Me too. <laughs>
Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, I think this is great. I hope people learn from this. And uh, yeah, hit me or especially hit Trey up. He's the expert here on how to be a better snitch because uh, if people stop doing it, sooner or later they'll find a reason to not include it in the game and no one wants that. Well, there's probably a few people that want that and they suck. <laughs> right. I like that. Yeah, that's fun. Thank you for having All me. Right, so, um, oh. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for Thanks for coming. Oh yeah, uh, one of my All favorite right. ones I like to listen to was um, the one you did with uh, I like Scott Rains because I actually do listen. Oh to yeah, yeah. I like oh, Scott Rains. You do listen? Oh, that's great. Yeah, Scotty, oh, yes, he's cool. And uh, Michael Duquette, I like his too. <laughs> uh, everyone loves Michael Duquette. He's awesome. <laughs> well, very very lucky to have had a bunch of different people. Uh, on the podcast and I, and I keep hoping to, uh, to have more. I feel like there's still a lot more, um, a lot more to cover still, uh, cause it's such a big diverse sport with so much, so, so high to climb from where we're all starting out. So I yes, just sir. hope to help people on their journey. Well, thank you again. Uh, and thank you the listener for listening. I'm signing off for myself and Trey, Real Business Riles. Uh, I'm Alejo Enriquez, and this is the How to Play Quidditch Podcast. Thank you, man. You were watching Cuervo tag in, and I ran at you from behind and pulled you. <laughs> <laughs>